Hello, dear ones. Welcome to another episode of Guarding the Wellspring. I am your host, Jennifer. Well, how have your hearts been this week? What is new? What is the Holy Spirit doing in your life? If you haven't already found our Facebook group, please join and I'd love to connect with you and hear about your life hear about your marriage, hear about your relationship with the Lord. And this week, um, how is my heart? Well, how about we start with this? Let's take some deep breaths and just arrive in our own hearts where the Holy Spirit is already dwelling, where the Holy Spirit is eagerly awaiting us to commune with him. <sighs> Thank you, Jesus, for this last week, for everything that you've been doing in our hearts and our life. And we just ask you to bless this time with you now that you would send your Holy Spirit and that our hearts and minds would be attuned to what you wish to speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I've said this before and it hasn't ended up being true, but I do believe this is going to be a short and sweet episode this week. It is my birthday weekend, woohoo! And um, I have a few thoughts I want to share, but I also just want to direct you to an amazing sermon that's really, really, really touched me and I think really relevant in terms of thinking about our hearts and um, a really good compliment to the podcast that I shared last week, not my podcast, um, but the one that I encouraged everyone to listen to about Jeremiah. Um, anyhow, so I'll put that in the show notes. If you have not already heard of Elevation Church and Pastor Stephen Furtick, you are missing out. You want to get right over to their Facebook or their website or their YouTube or their podcast. And, um, man, everything he does is so anointed and just so beautiful. And this last week that I want to encourage you, well, actually it's been a couple weeks now, a couple Sundays ago, but it's all about tuning your heart to the Lord. And it's, wow, it's really, really, really good. Um, he's just a really brilliant pastor and really, um, really touched by the Holy Spirit. So I really encourage you to go check out the show notes and listen to his sermon all about tuning our hearts. And perhaps I'll talk more about it next week, but I don't want to, I can't even do it justice. He, he says it all so eloquently, so it's best to just go listen to him. However, I did want to pray with you this week a little bit with the serenity prayer. And what kind of triggered that for me was I had a series of things happen where I quite literally felt like, oh, bummer, I don't have any choice in this situation. And it wasn't until... A few days later, in each of these situations, after they unfolded, I realized, wait a minute, 
I definitely had a choice. I just didn't really like the choices I had. I didn't want to make the choices that were before me because they were difficult and uncomfortable. So the first one was I was volunteering one day with someone who was sick. And my first thought was, yikes, I do not want to be here all day. I do not want to get sick. But that was immediately preceded by the thought of, well, that's impossible. I have no choice. I have to be here. And it really wasn't until I actually (laughs) did get sick that I realized, wait a minute, I definitely had a choice. I definitely could have said, oh, I'm sorry, but I can't. I don't, you know, (laughs) I know my immune system is no good and and I can't be here now because I don't really want to get sick. And that was definitely a, a option that I did not think I had in the moment. And upon reflection, I realized the reason I didn't think that I had that option was because I didn't like the idea of carrying it out. I did not want to quote unquote, what felt like embarrass myself, put myself out there, make the other person feel bad. I didn't want to have to reschedule. I didn't want to inconvenience them because it was, you know, a volunteer situation and they were counting on me. So, you know, in the end, God was very gracious and I was only sick for a week, which is very unusual for me. Usually when I get sick, it's much longer, but, and then there was another situation where I felt like, again, I didn't have a choice and, um, was racing to this work meeting and I really should have stopped and checked in with myself about something else I needed to do. And I felt like, no, I don't have a choice. And again, in hindsight, I realized I did have a choice. I could have told my boss what was going on and that I needed some more time and I was going to be late, but I did not want to put myself out there again. I didn't want to look bad. I didn't inconvenience anybody. And so I chose to, to kind of ignore that, that impulse in me and just go on ahead. And then the last was actually this evening, I was trying to no avail to put my daughter to bed. She's four. And for some reason she was super amped up. And, you know, I have spent her whole life so far co-sleeping with her. And so she's just, it's just life for us to lay in bed with her until she falls asleep. And then I get up and tonight I was feeling like, Oh, super frustrated. Like it's taking a long time. She's not tired and I don't like this. And I felt like I don't have a choice. I have to be here. And I thought, wait a minute. I totally have a choice. (laughs) I have chosen for all these four years so far to co-sleep and to be there with her when she falls asleep, because that's been an important value for me. However, tonight being as frustrated as I am and seeing as how she's not even 
showing any signs of being tired, I could make a different choice. It's uncomfortable. I'm afraid of what that will do to all of a sudden switch up the routine. And But I, I realized I do have a choice and actually did did choose to try something new. And I told her that she didn't have to go to sleep, but she had to lay there and stay in the room. And mommy was going to get up because mommy's a big girl and mommy stay up later. And it was so cool because she really kind of flowed with it. And I really wasn't expecting that. And, um, I did eventually have to go back in cause she wasn't going to sleep and she came out for a snack and whatever, whatever. But at that point I was happy to lay down with her and she fell asleep super fast at that point. But it was just neat to see, um, all of these situations to kind of start having them unfold and realize there are other choices I can make, but I don't really want to make them because of whatever difficulty or newness they bring. And it's a lot easier to just say, I don't have a choice, but it's been really liberating to start to realize I do have a choice. And even though it's hard and difficult, maybe I want to make a different choice. And I think all of that is relevant now because we get stuck a lot in our marriages in that situation, don't we? Especially with the addiction, the dysfunction, the abuse. And there's so many times I know I have said to myself, I don't have a choice or there's nothing I can do because it's him that needs to change or something needs to be different on his end. So there's nothing I can do, which is kind of another version of, I don't have a choice, right? But that's not really true. So I want to challenge all of us to start to look for when we're thinking that and to start to open up to other possibilities. And even if we don't want to take those other possibilities or make different choices, just to acknowledge to ourselves why we don't want to make them and to start to at least open up the space in our heads and our hearts that we do have choices. We just might not want to make other choices right now. So I think the serenity prayer is a beautiful example of, of uh, why, why and how we might start to think about and accept and make the choices that we have to make. And I think you know, I had something on my wall and looking for it. I think I took it down. Um, it's funny. I had it up on there for a long time. It was something to the effect of the thing we always have. The most powerful thing we always have is our choice. And um, so, yeah, I just invite you into that space this week to start looking at choices that you make, choices you might want to make differently. And I just ask you, Holy Spirit, to to really illuminate that for all of us this week, to show us those choice points and to let us make those choices with you and not on our own and um, truly in hopes of being um, closer to you and obedient to you, Lord, that we would live as your disciples and live as women that are guided by you because you are 
You are the one. You're the only one that can bring us to the abundant life that you have for us through the choices that you inspire us to make. So um, with all that said, let's pray this prayer a little bit. And again, just let's land in our hearts, land in our breath. <sighs> Breathing in deeply. The breath, the Ruach of God, the Holy Spirit. Breathing Him in. And breathing out everything that's not of God, everything that's getting in our way of our relationship with Him. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and enlighten our minds and be in our prayers. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as he did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make things right if I surrender to his will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever and ever in the next. Amen. Come Holy Spirit and let everything I speak be from you. God, grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, dear sisters. There are so many things in life in general that we cannot change, but so specifically in our marriages and in our husbands. And it's really, really hard to accept that, to accept those things. And as it says a little bit further down, the wisdom to even know what, which ones those things are. But sisters, I pray for you and for myself that God's peace would guide us, that God's peace would be the outcome, that we would accept reality. Last week we talked about creating a new path for our marriage by admitting the reality of the situation we're in. And this is another little whisper of that with a few different words that we would accept the things we cannot change and from that accepting reality because God does not exist in our fantasies God does not exist in the hope we have for our marriage or our husband God exists in the real situation that we're in he is in the muck of the stable with us that's where we will find him. That's where he can give us his peace by our accepting reality, which is the first thing that needs to happen. And then the prayer goes on to the second thing. Courage to change the things we can. Oh God, this is what we were talking about in the beginning. Sometimes the changes that we 
can make are very, very, very fear-inducing. And it takes a lot of courage and faith to step forward and make those changes. God grant us that courage. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it tells us, For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Other translations say, sobriety, sound mind, discipline. Thank you that you bring us these beautiful gifts that fear is not of you, but what is of you is power and love and self-control. Sisters, I pray that for us, that we would have the courage to change these things we can. God, Holy Spirit, please give us the, the courage, the strength, the power, the love, and the self-control to change the things we can in our marriage, which is not our husbands. We can't change our husbands. We cannot change other people. The only things in our wheelhouse is ourself, our mind, our heart. Let us be renewed in your word, Lord, every day that our minds would go the way you want them to go, that we would change ourselves because when we change ourselves, we change the whole dance. When we decide what things we want when we start to change who we are. And the prayer goes on and wisdom to know the difference. To know the difference between the things we cannot change and the things we can and that's one of them, right? Our husbands, we cannot change other people. Well, we can change ourselves. That's a huge one. But even there's some things in ourselves we can't change that we have to accept and come to grips with. I've been struggling with that a lot lately because I'm finding myself hitting a wall sometimes with who I am and how God made me. And I keep hearing him say, the clay should not say to the potter, why did you make me like this? And sometimes I say that, right? And um, I need to accept, we need to accept these things about ourselves that we have not been able to change. And in God's grace, sure, He can change anything, but there's certain things about the way I was built in my personality. And they're probably not going to change. It's part of how He made me. And so that we would learn to accept those things about not only other people, our husbands especially, but ourselves as well, and that we can give ourselves grace, and that we can learn to work around them because the Lord has told us that His grace is sufficient for us. These thorns in our flesh, these things we cannot change about ourselves, it's, it's not going to tie Him up. He's going to be able to do what He needs to do in our lives. So God grant us the wisdom to know the difference and to enlighten us this week especially to show us to make it abundantly and just like a flashing neon sign kind of clarity about what we can change and what we can't change in our lives. And that will free us up as the next line in the prayer says to live one day at a time 
enjoying one moment at a time. What a beautiful gift that if we could live this way, Lord, you're not in the past, you're not in the future, you're in the present. And it's only in living one day at a time and enjoying one moment at a time with you that we could really walk with you. That's where we find you. That's where we find life with you. And we thank you for that. We ask you for that grace this week and every day of our lives. Accepting hardships as the pathway to peace. Lord, this is a difficult one. But again, that word accept. When we accept the reality of our situation and only then can we unleash your peace because we cannot fight reality and find our way where we're supposed to be. It is only in accepting the hardships of where we're at that you can be uh, begin to lead us down the pathway where you want us to go. And thus, when we walk with you on your path, we will be in your peace. Taking as he did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Lord, help us again. This is another difficult one, especially with our husbands and our marriages. And taking this sinful world and sinful people, including ourselves and the times we mess up, as it truly is, and not as we would have it or prescribe it to be, is easier said than done. And doesn't mean that we put up with abuse because Lord you always spoke truth to power you called the Pharisees a brood of vipers you overturned the tables in the temple your taking this sinful world as it was did not mean you were complacent with it did not mean you wanted other people to suffer under an abuse of power but you admitted it for the reality that it was. And as it said in the beginning, you changed the things that you could. And Lord, we ask for this grace to do this, especially in our marriages. Especially in our marriages, Lord. How can we take this difficult situation of our marriage as it is? And not as we would have it. Lord, we would have it be healthy and healed and whole. And just illuminate our minds this week. What that means. How to accept it for what it is. And yet not subject ourselves to abuse. And perhaps the key is in the next statement. Trusting that he will make things right. If I surrender to his will, sisters, it's too hard to do any part of life by ourselves, but especially these difficult marriages. And I know it is so hard to stay close to the Lord in such a broken situation. And there's really no other way than to turn to him because only he can make things right. And do not misconstrue what I'm saying. It is not, I'm not saying that he's going to make things right and 
wave a magic wand and make your husband a loving, faithful man, cure his addictions and his his shortcomings and make your marriage a beautiful thing. That might be how he makes things right, but he might make things right by again giving you the courage to change the things you can and giving you the peace and the strength to walk away. And I say that for myself too, because I'm in the thick of it and and I don't know what his will is. But let's start with wanting to surrender. Jesus, sisters, say this with me now. Jesus, we surrender to your will. We want to do your will. We want you to make things right. And we have so many fears and expectations bound up in what that means to make things right. Just as everyone throughout time has had expectations for you and how you would make things right. People thought at your coming you would come as a mighty ruler and and <laughs> slay all of your enemies and that's not what you did. You let your enemies slay you. So God, just teach us how to surrender to your will and make things right in our marriages, in our lives. Show us what that means and show us what to do so that we may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever and ever in the next. And and I don't know, this prayer is obviously not scripture. It's written by someone. When I read that, reasonably happy in this life, there's part of that that makes sense. Reasonably happy, yes. Yes, this is not heaven. This is a broken, sinful world. But there's part of me that says, wait a minute. Jesus, you promised us an abundant life. You promised us a joyful life. That heaven is here in our midst, in our hearts. So, Lord, I don't know. I don't know. But I ask you for more than a reasonably happy life right now for me and my sisters and our husbands. I ask you for an abundant life. I ask you for more than we could ask or even imagine. I ask you for a complete outpouring of your spirit and a complete surrendering to your will and just a deep, deep on fire relationship with you that we may experience heaven now. We may experience the kingdom in our hearts every day and be close to you and be united with you and be supremely happy with you now in this life and forever and ever in the next. Amen. Oh, sisters, God bless you this week. It's my birthday weekend, so I'm going to have some fun. And I'll be praying for you. Can't wait to join you again next week. And please, please, please check out the show notes. Go check out Stephen Furtick's uh, sermon on tuning your heart to the Lord. It is just sheer gold. It's amazing. And um, yeah, we're going to... We're going to need to listen to that a lot. And that's exactly the flavor of what I want to do on this podcast. Sisters, it's all about our hearts. That is where 
we meet the Lord. That is the center of our spiritual being and our life with him. So take care of your hearts this week. And again, look for the Facebook group called Garden the Wellspring. Join it. Connect with me. Tell me your story. Introduce yourself. And I can't wait to see you next week. Have a good one. God bless.